Hello and welcome to Is Main is a Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined with someone who's sadder than a bullfrog full of Zodi Pop. Josh Hemo. It's true. You know, I didn't, I haven't told you this, but I experienced heartburn for the first time in like last month. And so I completely understand how these, uh, this bullfrog probably felt. Aw, welcome to the club. Yeah. We're, we're, heart, we're heartburn ancient, brothers. Ancient babies. <laughs> first time I experienced heartburn was actually in New York. I think I've never been the same since because I drank tequila and then I laid on a air mattress and it's just been downhill from here. It was also a drinking experience. The next day I woke up and I was like, oh, I have, I'm not even hungover, but I am in a lot of pain and this is brand new to me. So that was, it's, it's been, it's been like that ever since. It's great. <laughs> That's what I've always felt about hangovers is like, I've never really felt like what a stereotypical hangover i think is supposed to feel i just feel like one side effect yeah of the hangover yeah though but, I, I pick any side effect over heartburn now that i know what heartburn is yeah it, <laughs> it sucks pretty bad you got some prilosec otc oh god <laughs> or i use generic acid reducer yeah some tums or some whatever the f- <laughs> yeah Anyways, when we're not talking about our deteriorating bodies, this is our podcast where we watch a SpongeBob episode and discuss little life lessons that we learned from our spongy yellow friend. And like every week, we have some donation links. I'm going to go first, just in case Josh picked the same thing that I did. Ooh, wouldn't that be exciting? (laughs) Mine's a bit of a stretch. It's not really as much of a donation. It is uh, helping out a business. And normally, I don't like helping out a big corporation. But uh, I've been seeing this making the rounds on Instagram, and I was like, I like this. So um, I'm going to encourage you all to go buy some Girl Scout cookies from Troop 6000. Uh, It's a troop for girls who are in the NYC shelter system. I mean, technically, Girl Scout troops can take uh, all genders. So hopefully there's a a lot of non-binary folks there and uh, younger boys, too, also getting some Girl Scout cookie badges. But uh, I'm selfish, and I really like Girl Scout cookies, so go order from them, and you'll be helping them out, so that way they can have normal Girl Scout experiences, even though they're still kind of struggling with the shelters and everything like that. Nice. That's good. Yeah, I've seen that a couple uh, a couple times now, and I'm glad that you uh, brought that up, especially since I always forget it's Girl Scout season. Girl Scout cookie season's coming up, and... Yeah, it's hard to tell in the city because one, we don't like you and I don't have traditional jobs. Yeah, you know, where like a coworker's like, buy from my kid. I don't. Yeah, because like in even like in Tucson, like I can drive and like drive by a Walgreens and Mm -hmm. see a kid with a table. I was like, I don't see that here. Yeah, kind of hard to do that in the snow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Also, on if you look at the Girl Scout page, I was looking at today. There's other links in their frequently asked questions section to actual shelters you can help out the shelters there too nice so what'd you get josh uh so since it is february uh i wanted to do a couple our donations this month themed around like black history month even though i think black history month is kind of it's a little silly that we have this whole black history month and it should be like a whole year long thing but we are making strides in this (laughs) political climate we are in so hopefully things will be better yeah fingers crossed but so the first one for this month is called uh the blacks artists borough 
Um, and kind of like the blurb on their website, it's like a, even a one sentence thing to kind of establish their statement. Uh, the Black Artist Borough is a radically inclusive, multifunctional artistic fellowship that aims to, uh, to cultivate, educate, and create the Black artist community. Um, and that's a big thing. I think a lot of Black artists struggle to break into any kind of art form just because there's such a white dominated field in art and it's kind of sad mm -hmm. and you need a lot of resources to do well in art unfortunately or to get your like work notice but this the idea is that they offer scholarships they offer networks they offer uh classes and stuff like that for uh black artists so if you got if you're interested uh check them out they got a facebook instagram and they even have a youtube to show off some artist stuff so check it out nice um also if you want to celebrate black history month every day of the year just send uh any of your black friends Something on Venmo, especially if you're white. And just in the memo, put reparations. Good. So, uh, anyways, we're watching season five, episode 16. It's a one-parter. Uh, it's a special, very, very fancy, fancy. Mm -hmm. um, it's called The Pest of the West. Act one and act two, because this is a special episode. Ooh. The Pest of the West. So. It's another day at the Krusty Krab, and Patrick rushes in yelling about the mollusks are coming, the mollusks are coming. Mollusk is a hard word to say. <laughs> uh, SpongeBob finds out that Patrick was just pretending to be his famous great-great-great-uncle, Patrick Revere. This basically leads SpongeBob to try to find out if he has any famous family, because he's realizing that everyone else in Bikini Bottom has like a famous relative. So, turns out he has a famous great-great-great-great-great-grandpa called SpongeBuck, who's saved a bikini bottom from dead eye plankton back in the old west so uh we kind of go backwards in time and see all the shenanigans that SpongeBuck got into and what happened back then so uh to start us off josh i wanted to ask you do you think it would be fun to live in the old west we are in a unique position because we both grew up in the southwest and that was kind of like around us all the time yeah old tucson if you go to pinnacle peak Pinkle you peak, get yeah you get, <laughs> Get your little picture while you're all dressed up, which I never did. But do uh, you think living in the old west, you know, besides you know it being literal hygiene horrible nightmare. place, yeah. But like outside of that, like the glamorized version, uh, you know, I I think that there is the benefit that I'd see from the old west is that it, it's everything was so new. Like you could have gone out and like every part of the world was new. You there's so much new land you could have found. Or, well, not new. You're taking the land from native americans but um but i just mean like the, the idea of that the there's so much like exploration right and that's yeah. kind of what i've been always been jealous of, of like old-timey explorers and stuff is like there was so much unknown out there where now it's just like we have satellites and everything that every we kind of have an understanding of what everything is like except for like space and like deep sea right so i yeah. guess that part of it would have been cool but honestly I, I there's not i was never really big into the whole like old western tropey stuff like and then like you mm -hmm. said we grew up around it and like it was fun like old tucson was fun and like pinnacle peak was fun but like i'm never like oh my gosh i love cowboys i love like this whole trope and everything i was never like that big into it so i don't know how about how about for, you for me i think the things i'd be really into are like the very stereotypical stuff like being in a saloon like the west world yeah yeah but like without all the murder <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so I, I, it definitely is one of those things that I don't like, I don't think I would love it, but I also 
don't think I would hate all of it. I think I'd be like, oh, it's pretty cool to like walk around and everyone looks at me and they're like, that person owns land probably. Yeah. You know, or I at least have a horse. Yeah. Kind of fun. You got that status for the horse. <laughs> yeah, but I do agree with you. It's like, I think there's something different about thinking like, oh, you can explore. I guess it's just as scary. So like if you explore space, like if your like spaceship goes down, you're like completely in new territory, right? You're, yeah. You need to like deal with science and try to invent something new to fix your, your life. But I guess like exploring the old West was kind of the same thing. But I'm also like, at least you know that the, you can breathe the air. Exactly. Yeah. It's all survivability thing. And that's why like for me, when they're like, oh, yeah, well, there's still space and planets and the undersea stuff. I was like, well, okay, but I can't like readily go to space anytime soon. And like, I can't breathe in space. I can't breathe under the water like for long periods of time. Like you can have like scuba dives and stuff like that, whatever. But like, I guess as far as like you're finding new habit habitable places for like to build societies and stuff like that, I guess that's the part that's kind of interesting, right? There's no like, there's no long lost islands anymore that people are going to go find and start a whole new like country right yeah so. and if there are then we should probably stay away from them right so there's probably like indigenous people who haven't been contacted or anything exactly right and that's that's the thing i think i get it was so it's so romanticized in the movies but i it must have been pretty exciting at the time you know especially with like the old west i think the big trope and even bringing it in here like railroads were such a huge thing right like mm-hmm. the fact that you can travel across the country to see this whole new like world where the east coast was like one thing but coming to like the desert was completely different you know yeah so i mean i still feel that way with some of my new york friends where they're like oh they've never been to arizona and like literally we had uh our friend imani asking us hey like so is there just like a bunch of cactuses where you live (laughs) and i know like fatima says that her cousin used to ask her like do you ride like a horse to school because like people like have this assumption of what arizona looks like yeah yeah but i think it's 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 nice i thought the intro was very weird I don't know if it's just the Amazon version, but with just Patchy being like, this is the special. And then going into the actual intro of the show, I was like, why was that necessary? But I think it is interesting to see like the context Mm. of like, there was probably weeks and weeks of promos for this special. And that's why we kind of start with Patchy. But I don't know. I felt like it's kind of useless to have Patchy in there. We could have just had him narrate it. Yeah. To be fair, like this even though it is a special, it didn't feel like a special, especially since the specials, I'm going to say special a hundred thousand times in this episode. <laughs> uh, but especially since the specials we have in the past are all like patchy at a party, patchy setting something up. And like, honestly, I think it's kind of a missed opportunity to like not put patchy in like an old Western kind of theme thing here. Right. Yeah. Like I'm going to be honest. Like, I think this is kind of a weak episode, not I, it felt super fast. Yeah. Like I liked the episode, but it didn't feel like a full, like special you, to me. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. It felt like an episode. I'm just like, this is fine. Like, and to be honest, like I don't even, I honestly didn't remember that patchy intro it. That's how much like it wasn't that important to me. That's <laughs> why I'm like, I think it, it would have done. I think it would have been smarter for them to like throw in patchy and like, and all, again, I think it would have been fun. They've done it with the past of the caveman episode. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I'm surprised that they uh, didn't take that opportunity here. I do like the implications when Patrick comes in saying the mollusks are coming, that there was a, a like a, there's a British, British version. In, yeah. <laughs> but then they also mentioned that they always have like a king and the King Neptune and like 
uh, you know, Atlantis and all this other stuff. But it makes me think there's a there's probably a civil war too. There's all there's these got, implications. Yeah. I want I want a full complete history of Bikini Bottom because like I guess there because there was also this old Western version of Bikini Bottom, right? Like Bikini yeah. Gulch was what it was. So if like that existed, like did that exist before or after this whole Patrick's uh, great great uncle or whatever? doing like the Paul Revere thing like when when did all this happen and like how did the city set up and it's just very interesting to me how that timeline kind of works out yeah because technically the timeline would be wrong so yeah, like exactly like old west was like after uh you know this freaking founding of America right yeah um but, but it's Patrick old, says his great great uncle yeah like it's only three greats where with Spongebob it's five greats yeah so I was like this is odd maybe it's it's flipped maybe it's like alternate reality maybe maybe they, they, found, just... <laughs> they found the west first they went west to east see and i guess that would make sense to me especially since seeing bikini gulch was such a small little town right mm-hmm. you know he refers to it as a big city in the episode like it wasn't really that big so i thought that was actually kind of funny because i think that's how i felt moving from my hometown to tucson for yeah. college because like my hometown was so much smaller like we had a mall but that mall wasn't really very populated uh it definitely didn't really have a chain like like i think the most chain restaurant in the mall was like an a and w which is like a dying chain already yeah um <laughs> but like i was like man like i'm gonna be going to the university of arizona and i'm gonna have uh panda express right on campus for me i was like so <laughs> excited for bullshit like that um but i that's how i felt when spongebuck was like walking in he's like oh the big city and it's just like six stores yeah he was so excited about that ice cream parlor parlor with the <laughs> vanilla ice cream i'm gonna call vanilla ice cream vanilla ice cream from now on vanilla ice cream yeah uh how did i one thing before we get too far into the old west time the very beginning where they he does like the backing up the boop he was popping his boop. butt the entire yeah this i was like i episode, like his little bubble butt yeah, this whole episode's full of butts i love it there's so much butt in this episode and it's it's kind of funny because I think I had just seen either a TikTok or like a, a meme or something that's just like I watched SpongeBob for the plot and it was just a bunch of pictures <laughs> of every like SpongeBob butt shot that they show. I'm just like it's and this one had like two. Like I was just crazy. That one's funny. Yeah. Um that spendthrift billfold system that uh great great grandpappy crabs built. It's just literally a bear trap. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I do like how um, Mr. Krabs says, "Does everywhere he asks him, doesn't that hurt?" And he says, "Every time." That and he, that was like my first little lesson, though. Is like if you need like a bear trap or something like that to help control your spending, I think you need some uh, self control, or you need kind of like reevaluating why you're spending your money like that. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do like the foreshadowing of the statue. Yeah, because you like, there's no way you can predict that statue. I mean, I watching the episode for the first time. Did not predict that statue was going to be, you know. It, it literally wasn't until I was writing what happened to the statue at the very end. And I was like, oh, and they show the statue on screen. I was like, oh, okay, that's what they're going to do with this. So There's a lot of little lines in this episode that like really st- stuck out to me. But one really stuck out was I never realized how <laughs> sad and empty uh, I was until my friends pointed it out. Yeah. And I, again, just little things like that I feel really make the writing stand out because like all the other stuff is goofy stuff but it's the weird stuff that that sticks with you that was one of my favorite lines from this episode so i'm glad you brought it up but it was just like 
it's just so offhanded and out of the blue because like the rest of the episode is so happy but that one moment i'm just like this is like the saddest thing i've heard spongebob say all season i did like that before we jumped into the west old west we get another like plate location in bikini bottom which is like i'm glad season five is introducing more places in bikini bottom we get the bikini bottom library which again again like i like the story building that we're creating more spaces within this like city because before all we really had is like the crusty crab and the chum bucket and everyone's house and like the the supermarket but other than that we really haven't had a lot of you know what exactly is in bikini bottom and i i, I think we need more of it you know if we're gonna expand on this like world that they're in it would be nice to know like kind of what they have access to and stuff yeah it is nice seeing things expand for me i'm really big on backstory so the more i know about backstory it makes me feel nice so having having those little histories of going to the west and also like the fact that there is a library and there's other places in bikini bottom that aren't like three that we've seen and where most things take place i think also helps the writers too i won't I won't be surprised if, like, later on when, you know, they start, like, really searching for ideas that they start adding all these different locations. It's like the Bubble Bowl, right? Yeah. Like, it's one of, like, both of our favorite episodes and almost everyone's, like, favorite episode. But, like, that's a whole other event that you had no idea Bikini Bottom had and that somehow also coincides with the actual Super Bowl. So it's things like that, I feel, like, make spongebob seem bigger than it is yeah no i agree it's kind of nice you know and especially with an episode that we're also exploring like the actual history of our characters it's good to get so much like context so i guess in a way like i you know this episode was strong for me because it did supply all that you know um but one thing about like the books and everything in the library there are parts of it that's like written in english but a lot of the text is like written in this weird like script that i did not understand and i thought i don't know if it was just like lazy not lazy animation i can't imagine because like a lot of things were actually written in with words but that's like intentional it looked like this is a whole separate language so i wondered if it's like another language in bikini bottom that we oh man encountered. i didn't even i didn't even catch that yeah but so it's like what does it look like like it's, english like it, greek nah it's just like it I, the closest i can like equate it to is maybe like if you watch like sci-fi shows and they have like alien writing which is just a bunch mm. of like lines and boxes and stuff like that it kind of looks like that it was just it was and that's why i was like it's not just scribbles where a lot of cartoons will just show scribbles and books and stuff i was like no this looks like an actual like written out language of some sort so i'm, I'm it's like elvish or something yeah <laughs> it's fishish <laughs> Or whatever. The- just, yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I really like Bikini Gulch. Yeah. When he like steps in there and the fact that the funeral parlor is also, you know, ice cream parlor. I like that idea. But I didn't know funeral parlors were called funeral parlors. <laughs> but what bugged me so much is that the guy f- measures him for a coffin, which is a good bit. But he makes his coffin like, you know, body shaped. Mm-hmm. Like it makes sense like uh, why a coffin is coffin shaped because that's like you got to make room for the shoulders. And most people are like bigger at the chest and smaller at the legs. Yeah. But there could have been a great gag where they make like a square shaped coffin yeah. and they never went for it. And so I was a little bit disappointed when that happened. I was like, man, you could have just made it very specifically SpongeBob shaped. Like, uh, it would have been very funny to see that, you know, especially with contrast with all the other coffin stuff. But I don't know. I know tons I wonder, of coffin stuff. I wonder why they didn't go with for it. That's a good that's a good catch. I didn't understand that. Um, also one thing that, uh, almost slipped by me if I hadn't gone back to rewind it is when he busts into like the saloon or whatever, and he opens the thing, there's a bell sound and they actually show the bell, but it's coming from SpongeBob. 
It's not coming from anywhere else. SpongeBob's hat has the bell on it. And then once he's done being introed, his bell goes away. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, they could have just kept the bell sound and not animated the bell, but they put the bell in and I thought it was just, there's also it's something like, that would have completely flown by me. There's also like another weird sound effect moment when he is walking through town and uh, like all the other like cowboys, like they look at him and there's mm-hmm. like a weird squeak sound. I don't know if it's them that make it or him that make it, but he like turns around and they like look away. I just like, was it him like a weird SpongeBob fart or like what was that noise? <laughs> but it's it just it was kind of odd to me. It wasn't like an explained kind of thing. How do you feel about the bar uh, situation? <laughs> Milk. I don't, I don't understand. This isn't the first cartoon to do that either. I don't know why when the, when cartoons throw like bars into a situation, they have like milk is the alcohol. I, do you I, have a different suggestion of what liquid it should be? Soda. I think soda would be a smarter play. I don't know. I think that milk is such a like for me as a kid, milk was so like it's such a healthy thing. My mom was like, yeah, I had to drink milk. I got strong yeah. bones, whatever. And but soda was always like, oh, you can't have too much soda. It's bad for you, whatever. So to me, like it, it, it fills the same kind of idea that alcohol does, right? That makes sense. I, I always think of milk as like a calming drink. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like it's, it's weird to like assign an emotion to a drink, but soda does seem like a, like packs more of a punch kind of yeah. drink. I mean, you know? especially like if you think of the context of people at parties, the people who aren't drinking alcohol are probably drinking some sort of soda, right? So yeah. that's why I'd like that. But I, but I can't get away from the fact that they did make a good joke out of it when he was just like, give me a shot of milk, 2%. I was like, that's pretty good. I, I, liked, <laughs> I like that. Um, The one thing that I really, really like, which I need to start using in everyday, like what I find with all the old episodes, right? They're so quotable. And like, we're always saying like imagination or you're like, something comes up in your daily life and you just randomly say it. Yeah. But like with all these newer episodes, you don't really get that. Yeah. And I think partly it's because we're not growing up with these episodes, but um, I do want to say over the lips and through the gums, look out tape where here it comes. That was, and I, I think that'd be great (laughs) for like a shot. Like, you know how, like, everyone gets together and they're like, okay, like, make a toast. And yep. I, I could easily see us saying, over the lips and through the gums, look out, tape, worm, here it comes. I was thinking that same take thing. Take a shot. Yeah, that was, it's so good. That was such a good line. Like, again, that line and the, uh, I didn't realize how sad my life was. Like, those two lines, like, stuck out so much in this episode. And I just thought it was so good. Like, again, I just, like, sometimes there's just, like, little golden nuggets that these writers come up with. And I'm just so impressed. <laughs> Time for the bubble break. Bubble break. I was bubble like break. expecting some like old Western kind of timey high noon music playing here. But yeah, I'll, I'll try to find that like. Oh, save it. A, save it for the Wumbo lesson. Oh, Our yeah. High maybe noon Wumbo lesson. That, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll see if I can find it. It's probably copywritten, but no yeah, one cares. Who cares? <laughs> Uh, so normally we pick something from the episode and we'll talk about something so it kind of relates to the episode, but I wanted to go a little bit, I wanted to think outside, uh, the bun, if you will. Wow. This place in SpongeBob back in the old West is called the Krusty Cantina. Uh-huh. So I wanted to talk about the Taco Bell Cantina <laughs> and your thoughts on it. Uh, Josh and I have experienced it, the Taco yeah. Bell Cantina together. We've also just been there randomly, I'm sure on our own times. But uh, I saw Krusty Cantina, and I thought Taco Bell Cantina. So I wanted to know your thoughts on the very elusive. A lot of places don't have a Taco Bell Cantina. And as far as I know, there's not really a big difference between 
a normal Taco Bell and a Taco Bell Cantina. Uh, it is literally the fact that a Taco Bell Cantina has has booze, alcohol. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess. So I was sadly disappointed by the Taco Bell Cantina. Um, like I, I love Taco Bell a lot, but I went there with high expectations that like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna get this like Baja Blast with like booze in it, whatever. But it was really disappointing. It was just mm-hmm. not like not good. Like for I don't know, it just like felt like they put almost no alcohol in a almost flavorless Baja Blast. I'm just like this kind of kind of a waste. Um, and maybe it was just because we when we when we went and I had it that one time and I've been before it's it's okay but like the one when we went with to be fair it was like in the middle of the day so maybe we just <laughs> they pour heavier at night but yeah they were like screw these people who are uh, alcoholics <laughs> coming in at uh I think it was like eleven too it was pretty early yeah but I don't know um I I do really like the idea of talk about cantina though and I wish more places like that like I wish. McDonald's is like that sometimes because I, I wish I could just get booze and food at a McDonald's, you know? Yeah, a rum and coke from McDonald's yes, probably hits yes, so yes. hard. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, you know. And I, I, I think capital or the um, talk about needs to capitalize on this idea, and make it bigger, you know, and not just like a couple locations here and there. Yeah, I don't know. Is there other places that have a cantina? I, like, I, is that only like a New York, like L.A., Chicago kind of like big city thing? I don't know. I guess we could look it up, but it it feels like it should be everywhere. You know, it's like one of those things. Like, like growing up in a college town, that would have been so fucking perfect, just to be able to like go to a Taco Bell and order booze and get Taco Bell at the same time. You know, it uh, missed opportunities. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you in terms of the Baja Blast situation. Yeah. What I think uh, Taco Bell hasn't really gotten right is to get the essence and taste of a Baja Blast into icy form. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't feel strong enough. Yeah. Right? Maybe it's more of a slushy than an icy, you know what I'm saying? Maybe they should add a little bit of Baja Blast into it. Yeah. Granted, any place you get alcohol added to your drink, it's probably going to be pretty expensive. Like, it's an extra three to four bucks for, like, a shot of rum. But uh, the person who poured mine, literally, it was just like the rum shot was like floating on top of all of the icy. There was nothing else. It, it was just mixed. like yeah. the Baja Blast freeze and then the like a shot of whatever the cheapest rum that they have um, on top of everything. So I was a little disappointed. Yeah. But, but I do like the concept. I like the idea of rebranding Taco Bell to be slightly prettier. Yeah. Right? So like I think Taco Bell... Like, I'm getting face and I'm, like, showing up really wasted getting my Taco Bell. But then I think of Taco Bell Cantina and I think I can get wasted before before I get <laughs> faced out uh, out in the at the bars or whatever, right? I'm with my family getting a nice uh, a nice buzz go. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I, I think it's it, it does lend to being that, like, maybe after bar kind of place, too. Because I know my roommate... Uh, has talked about that when he was doing like openings and going out after calls and stuff, that would be the last place that they would hit in like <laughs> Midtown. Like they'd go to all these other bars, but then they'd go to talk about Cantina last and like get a drink and eat. I would definitely give talk about Cantina another chance, you know, post COVID and see how yeah. things are. But again, I just, I don't know. I can get my own Baja Blast and pour as much at tequila in it as I want at home. So, <laughs> all right, let's uh dive back into this. 
So I wanted to get your thoughts about this big old meanie dead eye plankton, the big villain of this episode. What did you think of him? Did you think that they uh they did it justice to like original plankton? Do you think it was uh, a good villain? What what were your thoughts? I really do like how they built him up. I for a moment even thought maybe they didn't bring plankton into this. Yeah. Uh, just because they were talking about this person being so gigantic. So I do, like I said, it it kind of threw me threw me off. Like, I wasn't 100% expecting Plankton, but I was also like, well, it could be Plankton. But I do feel like it does him justice, because I feel like it's kind of like the downfall of Plankton. Uh, like, he, he was hot, but then people found out that they could start stepping on him. Yep. <laughs> and then that was it. That's like the end of uh, everything, which actually leads me to not a lot of small lessons for me in this one. Yeah. But leads me to one of my small lessons is like um, kind of kind of uh, if you give someone an inch, they'll take a mile. Yeah. And for Plankton, that's what I, I thought of when he got like crushed. I was like, oh, like once they step on you, they're like they know they can do it every single time. I thought it was so funny that they like started paying to like step on him and stuff. And it was just kind of so sad too to kind of see like how they were just like crush him even at the end when uh Patrick who is is we can get into it later but Patrick is the only unnamed character in this episode like they name all the other characters some western whatever but Patrick is the only one that isn't and is only referred to <laughs> as like the idiot so I thought that was kind of interesting but the idiot friend yeah but when he's on stage they he like stomps the crap out of him it's just like it's so kind of sad to see but it did bring up a question it's like how much money would you pay to uh to beat me up because they were paying a dollar to step on plankton <laughs> to beat you up i don't i don't hate you enough now how much money would i pay to beat up like uh someone from wall street a good amount of money yeah is all i'll say <laughs> and by a good amount of money i mean uh, a, a really good amount of money <laughs> if they're like just beat up this guy you have no problem like no legal repercussions i'm like let's go talk to some of those hedge fund people oh Figure out this, uh, what is it, Wall Street Beats and figure out how to make him cry. I found yeah. I found a, a YouTube video that came up recently because of all of this, like, uh, YouTube or the Wall Street uh, Beats or whatever stuff that's happening with GameStop and everything. But it was literally one of the, uh, like, hedge fund billionaires or whatever, like, crying on a newscast. And I saved that video just to oh, have it man. in my heart forever. I'm just like, this f***ing old white dude is crying in national news because he's losing all this money to, like, the people. I'm like, thank God. <laughs> that that and like racist getting punched is like my favorite like when that twisted t video came yeah. out and like that dude just freaking nails that other guy with a twisted t i was like this this is <laughs> this, is this gives me for. serotonin <laughs> yeah put this into a uh a, like a iv bag and pump it right into my face <laughs> please um, um but speaking of like giving you power and stuff like that so i want to talk about the power of idiot friendship which is like the big thing of like this whole and the last part of this episode you know yeah uh i really like the intro of like uh the idiot psychic friend and then they show a picture and it's like drawn like in crayon <laughs> it's so awful yeah and it's like duh yeah. and it's like it's so random and i like it i feel like it it has good spongebob energy to it yeah um, and the fact that he like has a pillow made of wood mm -hmm. that he doesn't think to use as a weapon. <laughs> no, like this whole like idiot friendship, idiot friendship song, like you and I were saying like in between recording that 
this is like a very one note episode and for that reason i think it loses a lot of like the cool stuff that it could have yeah but it it literally is one note in terms of its lesson like it's kind of like main lesson about idiot friendship yeah. too and never once does it ever falter off of that because that's how they kind of saved the day yeah but I, i'm i'm what i'm kind of glad about them mentioning the idiot, idiot friendship is like they kind of give spongebob and patrick's relationship and whole like a whole theme that they've had for mm. like five seasons already and they finally like give it a name in this whole thing right like this idiot friendship thing that we see constantly with the two of them that they're just like dumb but like they have fun and they have fun with it but there's a name now to it. it's like it's idiot friendship i'm like i like that i like that they can give it like some sort of context you know and it's also nice because i feel like in a lot of tv shows there's the idiot friend yeah but in real life there isn't a lot of people who have like that one dumb friend because i feel like all your friends end up being around the same intelligence level yeah like um but there's never one that's like the idiot and i think we should have more of that so that's another small lesson i had was uh try to find yourself an idiot friend. <laughs> <laughs> that's good uh other small lessons i got from uh we get into the actual spongebob or spongebob Getting, going out to the desert like he has to ride off on this coffin in the middle of the desert he's like i had to put on lip balm and his like crusty <laughs> lips just like dissolve or whatever i was like make sure that you're like hydrating first of all because as soon as i saw that i was like oh man my lips are super dry I, same things happens on tiktok when people are like make sure you're drinking water i was like oh my lips are super dry but also make sure you're using like chapstick or stuff like that because i'm also i'm super bad about putting on chapstick but oh i've been constantly putting on uh aquaphor on my lips because it's been so cold yeah. and my lips have been so dry i've been chewing it, on my lips so bad in the last like couple weeks and it's because it's cold and dry i'm just like i have to stop i have to stop doing that yeah um so let's talk about plankton's big moment at like high noon well let's talk about plankton's whip yeah first of all <laughs> like i kind of liked it i was like this is nice yeah. like it, it's a fitting weapon for him and it was different i liked it was different it wasn't just like a, a gun you know which is a very easy trope to fall into with this old western <laughs> like but he had a whip and i loved it and he had like the shtick where he would actually just steal people's clothes i'm just like i don't get it but i kind of kind of i kind of love it i don't know what it is about it but i kind of love it yeah because like it has reach which he doesn't have and it's also better than like some type of jokey gun situation yeah even though we have seen in the past episodes, there's like have tanks and shit. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. It, it's it's villainous enough, but also, I don't know, it fits him. Yeah. It fits him really nicely. Yeah. I also think they did like him rule justice right before the, like the high noon battle moment where he's doing his little dance and we get the second butt part of this episode where he's like shaking his little <laughs> booty but i was like that's a he's got some good skills even even squidward says he's like oh he's very he's got some skills so i was like that's good <laughs> oh random moment that happens where he's he's like what are we gonna do now to save the town pa and he's like i ain't your pa yeah. <laughs> i was like what the f not necessary at all yeah. but it's just so random um the talking skulls also freaked me out the whole coffin jockeys thing i didn't really get uh, that was kind of weird, right? Because like, were they supposed to be? They were supposed to be SpongeBob's legs, right? But they acted independently from him. Like when when Plankton does whip him, and he ends up like running off into the desert, and just like, that's your legs, though. I don't understand. I get I get the joke. It's like a horse, but still. Um, and also right because you kind of mentioned High Noon, uh, 
the whole street's empty except for that dumb little kid fish. Yeah. They're just like they have to escort them away. And I'm like, what was that kid fish doing there in general? Like, why? Why was this fish just standing there like, oh, it's high noon? I also think it's funny because they're also showing like all the people because the streets are empty. It's just like kind of watching, it's, which is a typical like, again, Western trope. People ever watching mm-hmm. for the saloon. But they like cut to like Patrick in the barrel, like scratching his butt for like a hot second. I was like, this is great. Again, there's like a lot of like weird, funny moments, even though the whole episode itself was kind of like one note. There's just like a very a lot of like good moments for this episode. Yeah, like. Honestly, if I was in the writer's room, I would have like tossed the be like I would have made the beginning like super short. Yeah. And then cut out the entire thing where they're like out in the desert and then just would have been like, oh, have your idiot friend. And then cut out the song at the end and just made it a, a normal little thing. Yeah, it was kind of weird that they threw that song in at the end. I was just like, I don't I don't get it. And maybe maybe it is. Maybe that is like a kind of a Western movie thing or like an older movie where they have like a big song number at the end. Maybe that's yeah. what they're pulling for, but I don't know. Um, but I wanted to ask you, I have like, because there are like a lot of Westerns and stuff. I don't know if you've watched a ton, but do you have like a favorite like Western movie that like kind of invoked like the idea of this, even with like the songs and everything? No, I mean, I I don't really, I was never a Western kid. Yeah. I, I pretty much liked like Back to the Future's Western stuff. Okay. Like, yeah. there's no, like, That's a good one, I never watched, like, any musicals or John Wayne or anything like yeah. that. It was, like, the closest I get is Hello, Dolly. Yeah. That's, and that's not even, that isn't even Western. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not. It's just Western y theme. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's got, they dress Western y. We were talking on a break about, like, John Wayne and, like, how, like, my grandpa and, like, a lot of older people are, like, a lot of John Wayne. And I was like, I just didn't get into it. But, like, the one, kids movie that i do remember enjoying a lot that was western was and 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 and, and one of the few times that i think a sequel is better than the original was vival goes west from the <laughs> i liked i loved that movie so much as a kid and it had some really good music in it too oh it's been a long long time since i've seen that i need to watch that yeah this is some good speaking of uh the stature reveal yeah <laughs> how did you feel about i i one i do like how sandy's like that boy ain't hooked up right um but how did it feel for you seeing him like rub all this like jellyfish it was it was literally it was really disgusting I, i i i was kind of uncomfortable the entire time but it really brought a big question for me that i haven't had to think about at all in five seasons is like what is jellyfish like what the hell is it like We've seen them like have jam and all that stuff, and I thought it was just like gonna be goo, but like it, it, it this is canon that they actually like and stuff. I'm like, what is? Yeah, this? and it's like crusty, like bird. Yeah, but they're not birds, and that's why I was like, what is this? You gotta now. You gotta Google jellyfish and see what oh, it looks like. Yeah, okay, <laughs> I'll do that. I'll do that in my free time. <laughs> so uh, before we uh, head out to the one boat lesson, any small lessons? I, I it was pretty light, like I said. Yeah, mine was. History is cherry picked. So just because like everyone else mem- like remembers all those big things, remember that there's a ton of other things that are lost to history. I mean, think of all the stuff you did today. No one's writing that down. Yeah. So like it all depends on what you decide to tell someone. I think Plankton even says it. He's like, uh, history will vindicate me. So it's like kind of goes along with that. You know, people mm-hmm. think history is kind of written by whoever a lot of times is a victor so maybe it will vindicate him but i think in this case it definitely didn't so definitely not usually they don't vindicate evil people no um 
the only other small lesson, like I mentioned a couple, but I think a lot of the other small lesson I got from this was, yeah, don't compare yourself to like your family members or like your friends too. I think when SpongeBob's little quote was like, I didn't realize how sad my life was until my friends mentioned it. I think a lot of that Mm -hmm. comes from like you comparing yourself and like, you know, I, I come from a family where like, I think I was like the first person to go to college. So my, my, my uh, brother and sister always times say like they don't have to try hard enough to do anything because I've already like done everything. And I was like, I hate that. And Patrick literally says that in the episode. He's like, I guess I don't need to do anything. I don't need to do anything big because my great great uncle already did something cool. And I hate that kind of idea that like because someone else in your family has already like kind of done something cool means you can't. I was like, nah, I think that's some that's like bullshit excuse for you to be lazy. All right, and this is where you put that high western high new western music or whatever i'll try to for our wumbo lesson Woo. all right Woo. so uh you want we want to go first you should go first okay i'll go first uh so i mean we kept mentioning it throughout the episode this kind of one no and you know and they kind of hit it over the head a lot with the whole idiot friendship so i was like try to steer i wanted to try to find something better than that mm-hmm. um and so I think the biggest part of this episode that surprised me was uh, how Plankton was able to take over uh, Bikini Gulch, you know? And so that brought me to my lesson is that uh, bullies rely on fear um, and people not standing up to them to have their power. And you see that, I mean, as soon as he gets stepped on, like the rest of the city is just like, oh, wait, why were we scared of this like tiny little dude that we can literally just cr- like stomp the crap out of? Like we let him take the, literally the clothes off our backs when we are the ones that had the power. And I think, again, I think a lot of bullies uh, find comfort in the fact that they're, uh, who they're bullying are like too scared to stand up for themselves, you know? And a lot of times when you do, you do end up finding that like they'll back away a little bit, you know? I think it's harder now in the age of the internet. There's so much anonymity that like a bully can just hide away, right? They don't need to respond to it. But I think in real life, like in a work situation or whatever, you can stand up to someone or if you even see like injustice on the, the freeway or, or sorry on the subway or like on the street you know standing up for someone is always like people aren't expect that and they'll probably back down yeah uh not in my case in yeah the, it, <laughs> not in the case that you almost got your face punched or whatever yeah <laughs> 34th street uh uh anyways <laughs> uh no but i agree uh he even says it kind of too where he's like i have money like like he was wondering why he could he got beat up, and I think that's also like a, a side a sidebar to your wumbo lesson is that just because you got money doesn't mean you can't get your beat. Yeah, I hope uh, more billionaires learn that lesson sooner than later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I like it, and I I agree with you. It's kind of hard in this lesson to kind of fish through everything and find like a uh, a uh, a nugget of a big lesson. Yeah, that isn't like <laughs> find a friend that's an idiot. Yeah. Um, but so what I got was don't feel pressured from your background, good or bad to achieve something. You kind of mentioned it literally right before, uh, we went <laughs> to one bow lesson, Just cut it out, but, cut it out but it's okay, <laughs> but it's okay. Um, cause I really do want to stand by it. Cause I, I think you brought up a good point. There's, we kind of put like a lot of pressure on the people who come like before us or like, I guess who are supposed to come after us, like either, either like you are trying to leave something like a legacy for your children yeah. or the other way around. Like your parents have created this like expectation for you. And I think it's important that one, you just follow kind of like your own thing and do what you want and achieve what you want to achieve. 
and not hold yourself to like the standards of like whatever your forefathers, ancestors, et cetera, et cetera, have set out for you, um, unless you want to, you know, yeah. um, if you if you want to build that up for yourself, and even if your ancestors haven't done anything, uh, you might be the first person to do something really cool. Yeah. So, uh, it's it's nothing. It it goes both ways. You don't have to. You don't have to do something amazing, but you can do something amazing if you want. And either pathway is okay. I think like and like when you're looking at stuff, everyone expects like these big things. Like you start a business, or you like invent. You know, you do something huge, and that's like what you want to be remembered for. Like a lot of people, it's like, oh, you make a lot of money, and that's what your success is. So I don't have to try as hard because you're the successful one in the family. But there are so many other like ways to be successful that I think people overlook. You know, when family when people in the family have like happy families or like they raise their kids right like that is a huge achievement and like that's something they should remember for you know and not for like being like this big successful person there that went to college or whatever that whatever it may be you know you got to celebrate like those little achievements within like your own families or the stuff that you do within your own like pods because that's honestly it's going to make you happier i think you know yeah i think if you can go through like your life and like maybe if you become a parent and you don't traumatize your children at all, like that's a really great <laughs> achievement. Yeah, that has nothing to do with other people other knowing if you're anything. good or not. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like I think about all like the kids that have like famous parents and like how like well off they are and how like grateful they probably are to have so much money, but also how fucked up they might be because their parents are literally in the spotlight twenty four seven. Yeah. So yeah, like. You know, teach their own, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you want to send us anything, some suggestions, comments, derogatory remarks, please reach out to us on ismazepodcast.com or email us at ismazepodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And be sure to share with your friends and enemies. So, uh, Josh, I think in honor of this episode, we should take a couple shots of milk. Oh, you got that good 2% or whole milk? Oh. Uh, I got myself some whole milk, but oh, okay. I got you some 2%, the hard stuff. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, right. here's uh, here's to this episode and uh, over the lips and through the gums. Look out, tapeworm. Here it comes. <laughs>